Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Lorelai Weissel-Labrizzi. I'm Chris Delano. And I'm Carrie Thomas. And today we have a mailbag episode. Uh, so we have a lot of content coming up in the near future, but uh, this week we hadn't had a chance to get to listener questions in a while. Uh, so I think the last one was four months ago? I don't know. So we're going to go ahead... Uh, we're going to jump into it. Uh, all we wanted to note is that there was a, um, what do they call it, weekly MTG uh, with some of the creative team behind the new Magic comic from Boom Studios. Uh, and if you're interested in that comic, you should check it out. We might mention, well, we'll talk about it more when the actual comic comes out, I think. Well, I mean, you, you don't have to think it. It's on the schedule for us to talk about it when the actual comic comes out. So we will that and i did i put it on that schedule too yeah yeah okay. then you shouldn't so. <laughs> have to think it that's on you buddy let's let's go with our uh patreon discord questions first yes uh so our, our first question is from before damage on our discord how is glistening oil made uh so it self-replicates if you're asking how it was made in the first place uh there Magic. was already a sea of oil on phyrexia in the novel the thran when yogmoth goes there with dyfed so if I, i'm sure it's been modified over time but the the oil itself we don't know the true origin uh it was made by a planeswalker back in the old days that's that's really all there is to it uh the the key the key phrase for the oil is uh, from the prologue to uh, the Moons of Mirrodin, which is divide and grow. So our next question comes from Combat Wombat. Is it possible that the multiverse we know is only a sub-multiverse of another, just as Kaldheim's worlds are a sub-multiverse of ours? Uh, so the question is, is it a multiverse all the way down? It's possible, I guess. Uh, that'd be a weird way to go. When you've already got a multiverse, it's it's weird to, like, make it a sub-multiverse. Like, we've had those. The Shard of Twelve Worlds back during the Ice Age, where Twelve Worlds were cut off from everything else, that essentially became a sub-multiverse. Okay, but th this is a really easy answer to this question, because, yes, there are two multiverses in Magic. There's the multiverse, where Magic mostly takes place, and then there's the Universe, where the three onsets take place. Those that that's just real. That's true. Alright. <laughs> and are, is there a second tier of planeswalkers above the existing planeswalkers in the main multiverse that can traverse both the multiverse and the unmultiverse? Like uh, a planeswalker plus? Planeswalkers can only walk between planes. You have to be a verse walker to go between verses. <laughs> so now we know what Commodore Guff is. <laughs> <laughs> oh sweet jesus uh so uh from er funk uh further where do they keep all the elephants and or turtles holding up the multiverse what is the stacking order between them the world trees and the blind eternities please include card references where possible uh and my answer to that is no so uh our next question <laughs> comes from mitchellus gadako uh, what's the best holiday card flavor-wise? So let's go around the cast. We have the list here. Uh, that's, my favorite. You is hold on. You, oh, that's that's a different question than what's your favorite holiday card, which is what you implied. The question was 
when I was like, why are we posting the link to the Scryfall link to the highlighted cards? I've been bamboozled here. That This might have to be a totally different answer anyway. All right. Well, anyway, mine is Thopter Pie Network. I think it's adorable. I really love Thopter Spy Network. I love the pun. I love that it's set on Kaladesh. I love that it makes Thopter tokens. Uh, yeah, it's 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 great. That's my favorite. We had Arjun on the pre-show very briefly and asked him what his favorite uh, holiday card was, and he said Stocking Tiger. Arjun is my son. If you're new to the show, <laughs> he used to he used to sneak into the uh, recordings fairly often, but now he doesn't. Yeah, we have to edit him out because he's not on payroll. <laughs> so the real so just like because I didn't read any of these questions before this, I'm doing this all fresh. It's very exciting. Uh, the best holiday card flavor wise, in my opinion, is Snow Mercy. The tap on tap, tap on tap, tap joke because of shaking the snow globe is the funniest thing a holiday card has ever done and will ever do, it's never going to be mean. There's nothing going to be better than that joke. <laughs> My, uh, I think the most flavorful holiday card is probably Fruitcake Elemental because there's like a lot of different fruits in Fruitcake, a lot of different flavors going on. Uh, Follow-up would probably be like Yule Ooze because you can't really tell what it's made of, but it looks like there's stuff, more stuff in it. I would probably say that Thopter Pie Network and Naughty and Nice are probably on the same level of flavor because they both depict pies. Mine is Gifts Given because it does exactly what it says on the card. It is so simple in not even parodying, but just like twisting an existing card that like it is almost a shitpost card. Like this is a card I would expect somebody to make in a Discord server where it's gifts given and you just do these things instead of gifts on given, which does the opposite. And yeah, I think it's eloquent. So our next question comes from Rowan Finn on our Discord. What's your least favorite planeswalker? Hard mode, no Urza, or Guff? So for me, I'm going to have to go with Nicol Bolas. Uh, I'm sorry to all the Nicol Bolas fans out there. I will murder you. I am just so burnt out on a decade of Nicol Bolas that, like, I really, I don't want to see him again until, like, 2030. My microphone sits atop the deck box holding my Nicol Bolas commander deck, just so you're aware. All right, he's inanimate, so I'm not afraid or anything. (laughs) (laughs) But least favorite is different from, like, love to hate. Because, like, a lot of the Planeswalkers I hate but like I they're still good eating. yeah yeah <laughs> saying no urza and no guff is not fair i don't know gerhardt gerhardt sucks the real answer is probably soren he's insufferable he's not an interesting person he's just a dick for no other reason than he doesn't know how to not be a dick um i just don't like him he's not even like fun to hate i just don't like him <laughs> He he's just he's just I used to be on the exact same page and then I realized like no he he's got potential to be a lovable bastard. I just don't think it's been fully explored. No, but like he sits in this edgelord space where like there there's a version of Soren that is like over the top edgelord that is plays in the lovable bastard space but like soren is too much of an actual bastard to <laughs> let himself be lovable <laughs> like he's he just sucks i just don't like him <laughs> and having having written him multiple times he's just like if i saw him in person i would just 
stake him immediately. Just no questions asked. I'm just, I'm just going for the kill. If I had to pick a least favorite planeswalker, Urza and Guff not allowed, it's going to probably just be Taser because like... Oh, fuck. That yeah. should have been my answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just... I don't like the character. And I also don't care about the character. And he took up a lot of space and uh, just useless. Just not worth it. That's my reasoning. When you hop across the multiverse because you're mad that your ex-girlfriend is dating another guy and you try to kick that guy's ass just to show up your ex-girlfriend. Asshole! Don't like Taysir. Not just asshole, but also just boring. Just not an interesting character. He's just bad. Like, that's it. Sorry. Mine's Ugin. That's all. I, Ooh, I, yeah. Oh, that that's a good pick. Holy. Yeah. Yeah. There's no explanation <laughs> needed. He was he was a uh. deadbeat guardian for like 5,000 years. <laughs> then an actual dead guardian or somewhat dead guardian for 1,000 years. Then he comes back and has the t- gall to tell people, don't kill the Eldrazi. I still need to study these things, even though I'm 6,000 years overdue. So... <laughs> I'm now upset that I didn't think about Ugin because that is such a good answer. I I understand the role he fills, but also like it doesn't help that his storyline potential for being resurrected and then being off screen until literally like the final scene of the finale story was not great for me to love his character any more than I already did. So I, for one, really like Ugin and Nicol Bolas, so you're all a bunch of losers. I love Nicol Bolas. Our next question comes from Kevin Cote. Uh, what flavors of Chobani yogurt would various planeswalkers eat and why? So I'm lactose intolerant and haven't eaten a yogurt in like decades, so I don't even know what flavors it comes with. I, I have a very, very concise answer to this. Um, none. Chobani does not exist in the multiverse. Oh, thank God. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> sorry kevin i i could only think of one answer for this and it just came to my mind and i was like that's the only one i can think of uh chandra would probably eat whichever fruit-based one she could get her hands on uh strawberry mango. is probably most likely mango would be her favorite agree but like it would also be the most sweet one you could get that's my yeah, take that sounds about right all right from aluminum can we had three questions along these same lines so i'm just gonna lump them all together from Luminum Can, what non-planeswalking character would you most want to see as a planeswalker? Uh, we had a similar one with Michaelis Godako. Which Weatherlight crew member would make a better walker than Karn? None. And from ER Funk, uh, if the Weatherlight crew were each to mug an existing planeswalker in a dark alley and emerge in their ill-fitting clothes to replace them with the multiverse being none the wiser, which swaps would you want to see the most? A Korovax takes someone out. Uh, Obnixilus. Krovax takes out Obnixilus. That was my first thought. Sorry, Ob. Urza, Ur- Ur- Urza replaces... Uh... Well, okay. I want to start with this third one because technically, technically, Volrath as Takara was a Weatherlight crew member. <sighs> I knew you were going to say Volrath. I just knew it. <laughs> and whichever Planeswalker he gets to first, that's who he will replace. Um... Because that's like his shtick. Uh, non-planeswalking character I most want to see as a planeswalker. I, I just, I just want, I just want to see a card one day. I don't know how. Maybe, maybe we do a weird 
Modern Horizons-y or maybe a Future Sight thingy type thing or or some of the alternate reality things from Planar Cast. Just give me Radha Planeswalker. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. She got shafted. She she did. Uh, I think for me it would be Krenko uh, because he could establish his goblin crime empire across the multiverse. I, I have... Uh... An answer that will never happen because she just fits too many of the same boxes as existing planeswalkers. I would have loved to see Thalia be a planeswalker. Oh, come on. You took just mine, though. Loved it. Exactly. <laughs> I was on the Thalia train. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like if I get to see them like in a full planeswalker story, then I guess I would choose Glissa because like kinda got fucked if he didn't listen to the new Phyrexia episode. Uh did 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 end up being the hero for one story. Like imagine Yo, what the what the hell is with I those not blocks know. and not letting elf ladies be planeswalkers. <laughs> yeah, it's just like imagine you went to I mean Oh, because Freylise was still alive, that's why. But it's still like there was there was clearly no design space constraints for just having more planeswalkers, I think. They did Glissa the most dirty that they could do any character aside from probably like Slobad, who they actually killed. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's move on. This is a fun question, but we could we could do this for the rest of the episode. Let's move on to the next uh, question. So this one's from Vorthos the Willis. Which living planeswalker would, assuming they join the Gatewatch for some realistic or terribly contrived reason, have the best or most hilarious or most ridiculous interactions with the Gatewatch's current lineup? Uh... So, like, who would you add for for, for fun? I'm going to think about a more appropriate answer, but my immediate gut reaction is Ral. Easily. Yes. <laughs> Be, being on the gate being on the gatewatch with Jace uh and 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 Kaya and every everyone being sad that Gideon is dead and and Ral just being sad that uh Meat Slab uh, his his eye candy is gone. Ral, Ral's fun and I think is a little bit more uh unhinged than some of the other uh folks on the gatewatch. And I think that would be fun. Uh, I will think of a real answer, but that might end up being the real answer. For me, the answer is going to be Angrath. Because uh, I want I want some murder dad on here. No, no, wait. I want Doretti in the Gatewatch. <laughs> they're all talking about how to save everybody. And Doretti's just there in his cogwork wheelchair. And like, let's just throw some guys off a building. It'll be fine. Don't worry. I'll build a complicated contraption to throw them off a roof for us. It really is a crime that we got like exactly one Doretti story and then haven't heard from him. <sighs> we need we need more Doretti. We need more Doretti. I ha- I I I I want more Doretti in my life. I uh, I personally want to see a team up episode between Jace and Davriel. Uh, I oh, think that okay. would be an excellent combination. Davriel joining the Gatewatch for some reason would be entirely unrealistic, but just him and Jace teaming up on a on a, like an adventure the uh it would just be great here's my extremely uncontroversial one and this is one of the only answers that i decided before the cast soren and here's why is <laughs> because you need a shitty character and they lost their shitty character when they lost oliana and they need a shitty character who is both 
wise and like able to theoretically in the conversational situation like battle to theories existing pre-exalt pre pre-mending planeswalker wisdom while also just being like cynical and hateable but also being like utterly beneficial to the group otherwise and it would require like a total character rewrite of Soren to be like a lot more useful than he is now. But I think <laughs> if you just slot him into that character archetype, people will actually enjoy Soren for once. They don't really even have to explain it. They they already did that with the rock. They can just put him in there. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Just put the rock in a <laughs> the rock joins the gatewatch. I I think with some thought. And the other answers, because uh, there, there are there are good things in 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 a couple of your answers that are along the lines of, of the way I'm thinking. And uh, what I really want to draw inspiration from is DC's Legends of Tomorrow, um, which does the ragtag group of superheroes. And um, I want to, I just for anyone who's watched the show, you know how dynamic and fun it's been. Ha- it's it's been to have. Captain Cold and Heatwave on that crew, because um, mm-hmm. I I do love a good good scoundrel, a good a good criminal scamp uh, to fight for the good guys. I uh, love antiheroes. Um, like I think Doretti's like passable, Soren's passable, but I think it's someone who really hits the level that I would want. We have to go back to old Jaya Ballard, as in. Ice Age Jaya Ballard, not... As in young Jaya phys- Ballard. Not temporally aged Jaya Ballard. Young Jaya, I think, has the spunk and the assholery, but enough sense of right and wrong to re- just get everyone into trouble all the time and maybe help get them out in a way that, like, Chandra can't, right? Yeah, for for listeners who don't know the difference between a young uh, a young Jaya and Chandra, uh, Jaya was like a good thief first, and then like a pyromancer. She was a Tasmate. She's essentially a mercenary. Yeah, Ex- like she she's a wizard for hire. She's in it for the money. She's constantly outthinking people. So one of her signature things is she breaks into wizard towers by climbing up the wall because the wizards don't think about, like, non-magical entrances to, like, the fifth floor of their tower. So her her solution to get around all their wards and stuff is to just break in at an upper window because <laughs> they don't bother uh, warding them like they do the first couple floors. I do have one punchline answer. All right, let's hear it and then let's move on. Parcher. Oh, God. Just cause, just Puncher, cause the one's so crazy. You didn't get in the Nine Titans, but you got into Gatewatch. Good on you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Someone says Parcher, and Teferi's just like, no. <laughs> Is he still alive? No. Like we never. I just, I do kind of want it to be a recurring gag from like now on that this character that couldn't didn't get in the Nine Titans is considered for like every team. And we never actually meet them or see them, but everyone just unanimously agrees they're too. Uh, freaking unstable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to include. Okay, but you know, Gatewatch headquarters. They're all having a meeting. Chandra's like, "Oh, I found a guy who'd be great for us." Brings in Par- Parcher. Uh, every everyone else has a good impression. Teferi just like claps his hands on the table, stands up, and says, "I'm out." <laughs> 
That's where he draws the line. <laughs> uh. Never. <laughs> Just never explain why they all have an issue with him. All right, let's move on to the next question, which is from Ecto Cooler Ranch. How has employment with wizards for Jay, Lorelai, and Carrie, who works on the Portal app, I think, changed your engagement with Magic Story? Besides not being able to talk about stuff you know is coming, I guess. So, Carrie, why don't you go first? I'm no longer with wizards. I got fired after I snuck the Portal ad cards into the Guilds of Ravnica booster boxes. <laughs> um, they did not want it to go out that early. Um, I said the app was available now. It obviously was not available yet. You know, that's the price I pay. <laughs> if if anybody had any misunderstanding that I would, nobody had, nobody thinks I work for wizards. That's a, that's a joke. So right, don't you, even. You, you say that like you don't get people with Splinter Bin every previous season by talking about um the, uh, the enemy fetch land route. Because <laughs> enemy <laughs> fetch lands, like, I do not know why people are so obsessed with them. I did think of a good punchline today that I was going to um test out and it was going to be like oh um i have some exciting news to share with you guys but i can't share it just yet like stay tuned and then hashtag watsy staff like obviously just spoiled <laughs> but, but i decided not to so there you go look all all i'm saying is we're, we're about to head into an enemy color set so go hog wild oh people know they're in modern horizons at rare but like even if i just put them in strixhaven like nobody cares People, <laughs> they'll still end up on magicspoiler.com, so. <laughs> Every time. Just just, just put them in the, mythic arch- the mystical archives room. I think <laughs> it's such a boring joke that I have to keep doing it, is the thing. Because it's just, like, guaranteed. Guaranteed people enjoy it, so. Um, some, sometimes you just gotta play the hits. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, working on the story... It, it has been uh, good and bad uh, for, for, for obvious reasons when it's bad. Uh, when, when, when people are not happy, it's, it, it doesn't feel great. But the, the thing I think that's changed the most is that I no longer see like the final product. Uh, so it's fun because my speculation becomes like idea pitching in some instances. Um, but also like the, the magic, so to speak of reading it, the reading the final version for the first time is gone. You know, I think, um, uh, Brandon Sanderson has talked about it or people who've done beta. I think Shivam, Shivam, but has talked about it, uh, doing beta reading for Brandon Sanderson. Uh, and when the, when they do that, you get the incomplete form, you know, like even if you read like the, when you read the final one, you've seen what it took to get there and it's just not quite the same. Um, I still enjoy it. It's still rewarding and uh, tends to be a lot of fun, but yeah, I think that's, that's the thing that's really changed is I don't have quite the same magic at the final end. This is a complicated question to answer because there's a lot of things I can't, I, I just can't, there's a lot of work things I just can't talk about. Specifically with Magic Story, right? I I am not involved in the creation of Magic Story, period. The fiction y'all read, I have zero hand in. I work on some of the card sets and I write BO for Arena. That's all I do. I still very much enjoy Magic Story. I don't, like, get to read stories before they're out. I, like I said, I don't touch those. 
Um, so I read the story when it's published, like everybody else. You know, if it's a set I worked on, I might like know more. Um, if you know, or my arena work means that f for the standard stuff, I obviously know what the characters are up to. But like that, that doesn't change the final product, right? I I don't I don't know how the final product will turn out. And for someone who is like me, who's a writer, the final product matters. How things are worded matters. Um, the the Vorenklax ending epilogue thing on on Kaldheim, the specific words there matter. Um, I it's it's also it, like it's also important for work that I read all of magic fiction. Like I don't I don't have much of a choice there. Uh, being informed of what is happening in magic story and what is public and what is not that that's important for my jobs. I know y'all hate Ugin, but I'm in this weird Ugin detached space where. I don't much engage with Magic Story as a fan. I obviously still enjoy it, and I'm still a fan of the work that other people at Wizards and other contractors are doing, but that is less from the place of, I am a fan of this IP and I want to consume the media that it creates to a, uh, I am involved with the creation of this IP and I am interested mm -hmm. in how everything gets created. Because, like, at the this is going to come up, like, I I, I I don't want to talk too much about the Boom comic, but, like, it's doing some interesting things. And re regardless of what anybody else thinks about it, like, for me personally, I just, I don't have an opinion about whether or not it's the right move. Like, I just don't bother forming those opinions anymore because I don't make those decisions. Those are for people, you know, my bosses or people in different departments to make. Um, my job is to execute on visions that are established by people in earlier than me in the process, right? I I transcribe ideas to the public. That that is part of my artistic craft. Is I take a character like Nico, who people have spent years building, and I say, okay, you have all this information about this person. I need to translate that into the medium of Arena Vo, and so. I am always interested in what is happening with Magic Story. Uh, I am interested to see what happens from, I, I guess you could call it scientific. I, I have an Ugin-like curiosity about the nature of things and, and how things are received. Because, like, I'm I'm curious how people react to the new web fiction structure. Um, I personally have no bearing on what happens with it if there's no like you know Theros Bandit didn't have a story I can't I can't like obviously I wish there was a story but like I'm not gonna sit here and like demand story and I'm not gonna sit here and be like oh it's fine without story like it, it just it, things just are and I watch them I guess is the upshot um I don't know it's it's something that took a long time to figure out um, it took me, I, I'm, oh, what is it, March? You're about a month and a half away from me having worked on lots of stuff for like three years. But yeah, this is long. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I didn't want to interrupt, but we hit the five minute mark on your, your talk. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Chatty. I, I would. Especially oh, I about myself. <laughs> the, 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 um, I, I do agree with Lorelai though. Like it's. Uh, there's a sort of detachment that comes from it after a certain point because it is as much fun as the creative process is, uh, especially, you know, when you're independent contractors or freelancers like Lorelai and I are, 
uh you're like you you have you don't have the the biggest voice in the room you're not making any of the decisions you are suggesting things in Lorelai's case she's writing things that she hopes they accept you know it's it's a job uh, as much as any other job as much fun uh well and it can be a job it's not just fun i think is the best way to put it yeah uh last thing there there's a way that as a fan an ip can be an identity professionally as someone who works on it like the, it can't be the job can't be an identity you will like crush yourself you you will you will burn yourself out and run yourself dry so quickly if you try to make a job in an identity um yeah so let's move on to the next question this is from dan napper adept uh, what aspect of MTG drew each of you into the lore? Was it a specific art, flavor text, or article? Uh, for me, I think it was the Shards of Alara novel because the the there was a the idea of a soft reboot with these. Pl- I, I really like the Planeswalker cards, and I wanted to know more about these characters, and that's what really got me into it. I'd been playing for I'd been playing again for like two years before Alara came out. And when it came out and we had these recurring characters, I was finally like, I want to learn more about all this stuff. So that's really what got me into it. I I had always enjoyed magic for the lore. I got into magic because of slivers, because when someone explained to me what slivers were, that sounded cool. And I had never bought any of the novels, the old novels. Uh, By old, I mean like between Mirrodin and uh, Theros. Um, But I had been reading, you know, I, I read... Almost every article that was published on the Mothership, um, including, I guess, at the time was Savor the Flavor, and then became uh, Uncharted Realms and, and such. And and then when um, God's Block came along and uh, the main set story became part of Uncharted Realms, you know, that's that's when I became a lot more aware of what was going on in the main set stories. And or- Origins came out shortly after and it was a big reboot, and there was a great chance to... Um, you know, because I I had read the web comics, and that was just a a good segue oh, yeah, the in, web into the way I had enjoyed Magic's lore more casually to to be able to just grip it very tightly and um, apparently make some career moves on it. <laughs> <laughs> I I played with the cards a lot growing up, and I remembered playing a lot with the Mirrodin cards, and then. When I got into college and got back into Magic, Mirrodin, uh, Scars of Mirrodin was coming out. And so I was really curious about what was going on with Mirrodin because I remembered it so fondly from my childhood back when I uh, didn't know what Affinity was and never played a standard deck. Well, I mean, I knew what Affinity was. I didn't know what the deck was. Um, I, I didn't see an Arcbound Ravager until I was like well past the days of Mirrodin. Um, so I was really interested in it. And I remember looking up the story online and reading webcomics and learning about mirrored in that way uh and then i kind of got really into the innistrad lore but there wasn't really a story and then that was kind of the start for me um but yeah the the web fiction had a huge impact on my like ability to really connect with the story once that started coming out in real full force i was i was into them i think my first i think it was more of having the web fiction accessible during Cons of Tarkir block, like, once the mainline fiction was on there. Because, like, Theros, I remember reading the stories, but not really, like, understanding anything, because, of course, they're all side stories, like, based on um, 
existing Greek stories or adapting them to some extent. But yeah, cons block the accessibility of web fiction. I went back and read Agents of Artifice shortly after I got kind of wrapped into actually keeping up with the cons of Tarkir web fiction. And then, yeah, Magic Origins just as like a hopping on point for everybody. And I think cons was like, it was the real start of the new era. It was just um, not official yet. So. so our next question is, what are your favorite uh, what are your favorite flavor slam dunk magic designs from a Vorthos perspective? And that's from Heavenly Evan. Uh, I would say mine, I, I thought about this one in advance, is Scrap Mastery. Uh, it's it's just such a great uh, riff on, I think it's Living Death. Uh, and the, the re- mass recursion of all of those artifacts combined with Doretti just like, on, on top of a refuse pile of random abandoned gearwork junk and being so happy about it. It's 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 one of my favorite uh, cards. Flavor and being a Vorthos isn't just about narrative and characters and, and world building. Um, uh, the answer to this question, uh, I have two cards in mind right now. Uh, Feaster of Fools from Modern Horizons and uh, Frostbite from Kaldheim. Um Feaster of Fools, the the mechanical narrative that it's telling uh, is in such cohesion with the art and uh, card name. Um, a bunch of cultists get together to summon a demon, and the demon is like, foolish mortals, and eats them. That is the card. Um, that is the story of the card told through mechanics, art, and name, all working in conflicts. It is a perfect magic card. Frostbite is the same way. Um, Frostbite being the name and... Uh, and the art having a um, a troll biting a person and the flavor text talking about it being nippy out. Um, it is the perfect confluence of, of a card working on all levels, pumping at full cylinders, just nailing a feel and a moment. And, and I love that. Yeah. I, uh, I think honestly, if you, if you're looking for the cards that are most flavorful in that sense, um, the most Vorthosy cards. I think a lot of them are sagas. Um, and so if I had to pick one, I would do the Eldest Reborn because it, it so clearly illustrates a, a story moment. Um, it has a sort of like three-step process that, you know, really makes you feel like you're resurrecting Nicol Bolas against, you know, maybe against your will, maybe on purpose. Uh, and then the art by uh, Jen Ravanatran is just absolutely the best art possible. I just love it. It's amazing. Uh, in every way. And so that's like my, I have a foil copy of it in my Nicol Bolas commander deck. Cause I love Nicol Bolas. Anyways. I'll pass on this one so we can keep going. All right. Moving on to our Twitter users from big tears. Uh, where is Koth? What has been Koth doing all this time? Does Koth ever think of me? Uh, the answer is on new Phyrexia uh, in order is on new Phyrexia fighting new Phyrexias and no, he never thinks of you. <laughs> the next question is from Hand of God. Uh, what is the lore around Corvold? He is like a, a king who got cursed into a dragon at an, on his wedding day and ate all the guests. That's that's all we really know about. <laughs> yeah, that was like in the lore insert on on the product. I think. Yeah, that was that was all we got for those legends. The the next one is from Gatel Madel. Uh, what's the cast's favorite keywords? 
I know mine. It's mutate. Uh, go go ahead. I don't um, even know what. Oh, mutate. Mutate's a good one. Uh, mutate is just it. such a good one. The flavor works great. I love it. It's just a fun mechanic. I'm glad they did it. Rule yeah. managers all around the world hate Chris now. Uh, my my favorite mechanic is cycling. It always will be. It is the best mechanic Magic has ever made. Um, I love it. Oh, mine is flashback. There we go. Oh, easy enough. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, perfect. I like all of those. Let's move on. Uh, the next one is from Napkin Knight, and this one's a little long, but I think it's a good question. If angels and demons don't have souls in magic, and a spark is a fragment of the eternities on the soul, how is Sarah a planeswalker? Is she a human obsessed about angels? Is she actually an angel with a soul? Or did something happen to make her an angel like how Ab became a demon? So Sarah herself is not an angel. She is a lot like Sarkon, where she is very much into angels, uh, but she is not an angel herself. Uh, I think that's the simplest way to put it. So she's like, she was this divine force back when planeswalkers were gods and she created angels, but she herself was not an angel. That she, she's just a human who likes angels. And then she gets she gets killed in a mugging and that's uh, how that mugger became a planeswalker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it may or may not have been Volrath. Moving on. Uh, so a so apparently fresh living guild pack Niv now has a robot body thoughts. And this is from load Peters Phi. So uh, last Thursday on weekly MTG, we mentioned that they talked about the comic, the comic itself uh, will be telling its own story. It'll in some aspects deviate from uh, the, the, the card game continuity. Uh, so this is just one of the things they want to do as a, a cool thing to do with Niv. Um, with the comic. Uh, and beyond that, I can't talk more about the, the plot of the comic itself. We'll talk plenty about the comic when the comic is out. From the uh, British Magic Flavor podcast, uh, MT Flavoring, how, or I think that's just Magic the Flavoring on uh, on, <laughs> on Twitter, uh, but the handle is MT Flavoring, with the U, because, you know, British English. Uh, sorry, guys. How would you like to see Davriel Kane re-enter the story? My answer for that is preferably in a Brandon Sanderson story. <laughs> yeah, I answered that earlier. Uh, Davriel Kane should come back into the story on some sort of mystery adventure with Jace, where like they're the sort of like Sherlock and Sherlock equivalents, um, <laughs> with totally different approaches to the mystery. Uh, I think that would be a wonderful story for them. It'd be a lot of fun. I've made it my policy not to talk about the future of Magic Story, so pass. Jay, what did you say? I I said preferably in a Brandon Sanderson story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I think Children of the Nameless was one of the perfect side stories that kind of served that weird supplemental space that mm -hmm. the Dak Faden comics did, where it's just like a solo adventure and just like a genuinely good magic story that doesn't need to tie into things, but can reference things just for the fun of it. Yeah, I think Devriel's an important planeswalker for that reason. And I would like to see that, obviously, with other authors, given that freedom to make up an OC planeswalker and kind of go hog wild with it. But right now, magic's not necessarily in the space to do a whole bunch of spinoff stories with solo planeswalkers who aren't necessarily well-supported in the existing main storyline, so... What is each podcast member's favorite Pokemon? And that's from the Jess guy on Twitter. Uh, mine is Meowth. That's Which right. One? 
Yeah, <laughs> all of them. Any one of them. That's a cop-out answer, but okay. Uh, okay, fine. Canto is my favorite. The OG Dynamax. Wow. Gigantamax. Freaking Gen 1-er over here. Uh, my favorite Pokemon is Ledian because ladybugs are great. They're the best insect. My favorite Pokemon is probably actually Piplup. I like penguins. It's a thing. Hella good choice. Piplup's a good Pokemon. Follow-ups are Haunter and Mudkip. My only experience with Pokemon Go is emulating Red Green during my college days and also catching like a billion Rattatas in Pokemon Go during like the release month. So, Rattata. There you go. (laughs) All right. So, we are uh, short on time today. So, we have a few questions. If your question didn't get answered today, it has been bumped into <laughs> it's it is, fine it's no, literally no. my fault for talking for five minutes yes we would we would like i i think uh the listeners want a good answer rather than just a quick answer um we have you in as the very first questions for our next mailbag which will hopefully be in less than five months uh so with that let's move on to final thoughts my final thought is, uh, as of the day we're recording this, the Godzilla vs. Kong tickets go on sale tomorrow. And, uh, gosh, I'm sure glad I just sold a $500 Dragon Ball Super Frieza card that I got for $40. Because I'm going to use that to rent a movie theater for a private showing if I can. <laughs> uh, I Extremely jealous. Um, extremely jealous. I love the cinema. Well, that sounded so damn pretentious. Uh <laughs> Uh, the only thing that could make that sound more pretentious if I, if I say that my bachelor's degree is in film studies. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I I love the movies. I love Godzilla. Those movies are built to be seen on the big screen. I'm very sad that I'm not going to be able to see Godzilla vs. Kong on the big screen. But uh, I'm going to be hooking up my computer uh, downstairs on on our on, on the big TV in the basement to watch it uh, with my local partner here uh, when that hits 8 Max. But um, heck, enjoy if you do that my my final thought is uh again sorry for the five minute answer i have adhd and uh incessantly talking is a thing that happens uh with adhd people sometimes and especially when it's about special interests and uh, i i don't think i have any more in uh i don't think i have an interest that is more special than myself um i'm aware of how my ego exists uh and um why is that, that was, so funny? <laughs> no, that was, that was just good. I was not expecting that. <laughs> that was a good line. I don't think I have a special interest more special than myself. It's good. It's a good line. I love it. I'm an artist. Let me, like, revel in my own excellence. <laughs> All right, that's it for me. It's <laughs> a good, good final thought. My final thought is that I am currently out of sour gummy worms. Uh, oh no! Disappointed in myself. <laughs> hey, I had I had the four pound tub for like a, two weeks. Okay, it, it I'm lasts proud a of while. you. Um, but I I need to order some more. Yeah, I just I have a problem, and it's sour. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is that it might be uh, helping me get a vaccine next week, or the as of the day of this release, because uh, the vaccine will be available to people with uh, who are considered overweight in uh, the state of Georgia starting Monday. So. Nice. Some some of us has turned to to booze. Some of us have turned to other things. Chris has turned to 
gummy worm. You say that as if there's not a glass of uh, bourbon right next to me. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> I don't really know. Listen to Magic the Flavoring, who answered or asked us a question on this episode. Their podcast is good. Listen to all of Orthos podcasts because there's like a finite number of them. And I think I there are know. four of us now. Yeah. There, I mean, there's go for it. There, there's Magic the Flavoring, which is, I think, the newest one. Uh, there is, gosh, what is... Um, Lorgois? The, the Minnesota, well, there's Lorgois, but what is the, the our friends in Minnesota? What is their podcast called? Jay. I just blanked on everything. I, of all people, it's the Goblin Lorecast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how Goblin Lorecast. I'm you... real sorry. I just blanked. I completely blanked on the name the moment i started to say it (laughs) uh that's okay it's been a long year i'm sure there are others that exist and if there are refer them our way because like i know i know we are a popular podcast within the fourth of space but like i also want to like in order for the community to grow we should have more variety of, of podcasts <laughs> there's, available there's for people for to listen to yeah exactly and i specifically like listening to the other podcasts because they're not the content that we make like they're not treading the same ground usually and have their own perspectives and takes on things so i think you should listen to all of them yeah it's it's kind of like avengers teams we got the east coast avengers the the great lakes avengers <laughs> the west coast <laughs> avengers and uh i guess excalibur what what's the the Whatever the British team is called. All I have to say is you should listen to all those other podcasts, uh, and then you should give us your money. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You, you really set up a really awkward segue here. Listen to them, but give us all the money. <laughs> I'm sorry for the bad oh. setup, Lorelai. I just wanted to do do my due diligence because I've been binging Magic the Flavoring recently. I'm not ashamed. I'll go right into that. Give us your money on Patreon. <laughs> I'm sure these other shows have Patreons, and you can give them money, but you should uh, you should start with us. Uh, if you head over to patreon.com slash LaVorthoscast, you can support our show, and um, everyone who supports us on Patreon gets access to our Discord community, where you get first dibs at asking us questions on mailbag episodes, uh, but you also get to exist with Vorthoses from around the world, enjoying magic. We are two weeks out from Strixhaven previews. Uh, mm. So get in... What? <laughs> That's my previews just ended a week ago, Moan. <laughs> uh, preview season never ends now, and um, so you want to be on our Discord so you can enjoy previews and talk about Magic, the game that you love with all your fellow Vorthoses. Um, but also go listen to other podcasts. But also, if you want to give us money, um, give them money. I don't know. It's your money. Do it with it what you want. That's my secret, is Vorthos, po- Vorthos podcasts don't have to abide by set releases, so we just kind of deal with whatever whenever we want to. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast. <laughs>